Yeah, I'm getting ready to talk about the first fruits. I'm going to do it as a video. I'm going to go to the Cheadlehume site and be able to help you to be able to see it, even if you've not been there. Not that all of it is going to go to that. We've got um, one or two other things that I think we want to uh, discuss that we'll be uh, looking to bless and do uh, some great new stuff as a result of first fruits. But it, it, the, the passage, it, it, if we're following along the morning series, the passage that will be in then just so happens to be about when Joseph interprets Pharaoh's dreams. And, um, you know, believe it or not, there was once a time of incredible financial uncertainty. And believe it or not, governments didn't know what to do about it. And... Um, and yet God had a plan and uh, his plan was to bless and to provide and despite what was going on in the world economies, God knew what he was doing and was able to help um, his people and, and not just help his people but help his people help other people. And um, so pray for me as I get ready to do that and uh, do that, that um, bring that talk because you know, all this stuff, it's when you do it, you realise actually what we're trying to be here is prophetic in everything that we do. It's not just that we can't talk about it on a Sunday evening. Prophetic isn't just you go to somewhere and somebody says, oh, somebody's got a word over here for somebody. I see somebody's got an ironing board and the ironing board's golden and there's a river flowing through the ironing board and whatever. It's like, not necessarily. It, it, there's all those ju- it just so happens when you start listening to God when you start trying to listen to the Holy Spirit you end up that you have a thing about a year of hope and then you get an idea about Joseph and then you start to plan out where they were and then you get to that week and it just so happens to speak into something like that. there's all those just so happens that just so happen when we uh, we try and connect in with God rather than just doing stuff out of our own flesh and that is a choice very often because you know even the prophetic stuff it can sometimes, it, it can be like, I want to hear God. And, and I want to hear God not just for me, but for you. And so because of that, I can sometimes even dredge something up. I can just bring something that's encouraging and call that prophetic. But it isn't necessarily because it's coming out of my mind or it's coming out of my, my thinking for you. And so I'm thinking, oh, you've got a really nice hat. And so I'm going to look at your hat and I'm going to say, oh, God really likes your hat. He's going to crown you or whatever. And it just becomes something that's me trying to say something rather than it necessarily being God trying to do something. We have to get used to not knowing stuff in order for God to help us to tell us what he knows. We've got to not have to make something up and sometimes just to be able to say, I don't know, and I'll just pray about things rather than, you know, being prophetic doesn't always mean you always know. I think, in fact, in many ways, it's just a recognition I don't know but I know somebody who knows. And, and even to have the humility to say, I'm just going to go and pray about that, if that's all right. Rather than feel you've got to produce um, something. So Lord, right now, we don't want to have to try and produce anything, but I pray that as we're looking and learning together in these things, that we'll um, just keep growing and have this expectation that we can hear your voice tonight, Lord. That we, we just should expect that. We should um, be able to talk with you, listen to you, hear from you as a natural, supernatural thing. Just because it's, we're in your family. Just imagine, just thinking this is going to mind. Imagine you, you, you're taken from one country when you're a child and you get adopted into a new family. 
and you don't speak the language of the people that have adopted you and over time you have to just learn to listen and you hear a little word and you think oh this is that that's what that means and you have to just pick up the language and in many ways that's what I think the Holy Spirit wants us to do in this time is just to learn to listen to him and and learn the language of the Spirit learn that we've been adopted into a new family and that our Heavenly Father wants to speak to us and he's got words for us and they might not even make sense straight away but they start to make sense and ultimately it's not about knowing things it's all about knowing you Lord it's all about knowing you we don't, we're not bothered about knowing things and not having a relationship with you that kind of knowledge just makes us proud we want the, the knowledge of you that just makes us thrilled makes us humbled Lord that you'd want to know us just if you came in with a desire to know without knowing him maybe just to confess that I don't want to know about you Lord even I don't want to just tell people about you the apostle Paul said all of that is rubbish it's just rubbish I want to know you Jesus I want to become like you thank you Jesus Amen. I get a feeling tonight's going to be a bit different, which is good. Different's good, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Down the front, there's some pieces of paper. Um, in fact, if a couple of people could just help, if you want one, if you have an expectation that God might want to speak to you, grab, grab a bit of paper. You've already got a pen near you, and be listening. Just be listening and making notes. Some people already come already to take notes but but you know there's a psalm psalm 119 is the longest psalm and it says in there it talks about when i found your word it was like treasure it was like spoils it was like the the most amazing treasure that i'd ever found and if you know god's word if god wants to speak to you and he tells you something then wouldn't that just be something that you would want to get hold of yeah. you know if god's got something for you if he's got a word for you do you want it yes. yeah so we need to wake ourselves up to that and go, okay, speak. I want you to speak to me. I've come tonight because I want a word from you. And it could come out of my mouth, or maybe not. Maybe it'll just come in a, you know, in a little bit of a moment. We'll have a, we'll have a quieter time. And it might be, might be during that time that God gives you a word. And it might be for you. It might be for somebody else. It might be a situation. But, but we don't want to just do church stuff and, and go in and talk about a God who speaks, but not hear from him that's ridiculous so Romans chapter 8 it also sets off saying there's no condemnation for us and then it says um, we don't need to be controlled by our sinful nature anymore because if we are that'll just lead to death but now we've got the Holy Spirit in us and then it says this but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace 
So that's what we want to happen. And then later on it says uh, in verse 14, all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So who's the children of God? Those who are led by the Spirit of God. That's it. We need to be learned to be led by him. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves again. We don't have to go backwards. Instead, sorry, it's a bit echoey this, or is it just me? Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. So we've all been adopted. Every one of us has been adopted. Have you been adopted? Yes, you've been adopted. We've all been adopted as God's children. Now we call him Abba Father. The most intimate phrase. You know, if you go to various parts of the world in the Middle East, you might hear a child running out of the house shouting, Abba, Abba, Abba. Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. Now his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Emma, sorry, could you pass me my phone? There's a thing um, I read years ago that, that is the... Prince Philip's been in the news a little bit recently. But this is about um, Prince Charles. These are his titles. I haven't got time to read them all. It's three lines long. His Royal Highness Prince Charles Philip Arthur George, Prince of Wales, Earl of Chester, Duke of Cornwall, Duke of Rothsey, Earl of Carrick, Baron of Renfrew, Lord of the Isles and Prince and Great Steward of Scotland. But I bet William calls him Dad. That's the relationship that we have with the King of Kings. That's what this is saying. We get to call him our Father, Abba Father. Isn't that amazing? For his spirit joins with our spirit. We've been talking about that. It's like. We, we sometimes think this prophecy stuff, again, is for our mind. But I think we need to learn to trust our spirit. God made you body, soul, suke in the Greek, psychology, mind, and spirit. We are a three-part being because we're made in the image of God, who is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So there's something reflected in the way in which he's He's made us. And before, before we are saved, our spirit cannot relate to God's spirit. We're dead in trespasses and sins. So you might, you're a zombie. And then Jesus brings you alive. And it's like we've been like Adam in Genesis. He says that he was empty. He was like a lifeless shell. And then the, then the spirit of God, and God breathed into him and, and he became a living being. It's like life came into him. In the same way, when, when we say yes to Jesus... Something comes alive in us of the spirit and the spirit wants to speak to your spirit. It doesn't necessarily, I'm not saying he can't speak to your mind, but he wants to speak to your spirit. We've got to learn to listen to our spirit. To that, and, it's, and it's like a, I just know something. You know when the spirit's speaking, you just kind of know he's saying something to you. And then you get to choose whether or not you're going to go with what you know. Because it's, it's never a certainty. Very often I don't find for me it's a certainty. Very rarely do I find it. It's more of a, I find out it was God when I've done it. I find out it was God when I took the risk and said it. So just yesterday we were having a thing about encouraging 
we were saying, you know, we want to be a people who go out and tell people about Jesus and invite them and, and say, come and meet him and you can meet him here and all of that kind of stuff. And we're doing it as a staff team and elders and then I went to the loo. And while I was in the loo, this little thought came somewhere that said, just go out and invite somebody. And I'm thinking, we've only got a couple of minutes, we're supposed to be back in now doing the next session. This little voice in here says, just go out and invite somebody. Uh, okay. I'll go with it. Went, grabbed one of the invite leaflets, walked out, walked to the gate, and just as I got to the gate, there was a young couple pushing a little pram, and I said, hello. And he went, huh, hello. And I said, I'm from the church. Just inviting people. Oh, you'd be really welcome. If you ever wanted to come to church, I think you'd like it. And it's there. <laughs> and you'd be welcome. You're invited. And he went, big smiles, smiles at each other. Even the baby smiled a bit. <laughs> and he went, thanks very much. Put the invite on the buggy and off they went. Now, I don't know. I don't know, but you never know. Because this is how stories start, isn't it? Yeah. You know, this is, how, this is how, how lives get changed. It might not even be that they come here. They might go to somebody else's church. They might, but in some way... I just get you get these promptings and we can say yes or we can say no we've got to learn that we're God's children and so we should expect to be able to hear from him so what a privilege it is to be able to hear from God and actually our hearing from God doesn't depend so much and this isn't something else we have to recognize on how good we are it's all about how good he is and he wants to speak to us. And it depends upon the relationship that we've got with him by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. So it isn't like if I'm really, really a good person. I'm not saying holiness doesn't matter. We'll come on to that. But ultimately, that's stuff that clears up the, the, uh, the, the, the airway a little bit, the airwaves. But really, the relationship we start from is that I'm adopted I'm, I'm forgiven, I'm, there's no condemnation for me, I am who I am in Jesus and so I can expect, I can approach the throne of grace with confidence, not like if it's alright with you God because I'm not, you know, I know I'm not all that great and all of that, actually no, to step into his, to come in with faith, you know there's a verse and it says that anything that doesn't proceed from faith is sin, what? It's like, Anything that doesn't proceed from faith is sin. It, I was, I was, it just came into my mind this, as I was preparing for this. That, that it could be that if I'm not really believing God, if I'm not believing who he says I am, if I'm not believing that this is true, in the end, the outcome won't be what God wants. Because I'll be trying to control it. I'll be in some way making it happen. And there's not going to be God outcomes from it. But actually, instead of that, we should expect to receive... A two-way conversation with our Heavenly Father, even in this space tonight, but not just that, while you're at work in the week, when you need him, when you're driving, when you're in a conversation with somebody else, to be able to have the, that going at the same time as this is happening, and to be able to know we are supernatural beings walking around the earth. We are a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. That we are a new kind of being on the earth now. We are the children of God. See, Jesus said, and I'm sure the disciples were not at all convinced it was right when he said it because they were going to lose him. But he said, it's better for you if I go and then the Holy Spirit will come. 
John chapter 16, verse 7. And, and there must have been like, why? Jesus, surely it's better for us to have you just with us where, now. But he says, no, if I go, I'm going to come. <laughs> you know, I'm going to leave so I can come back and be with you. And the way I'm going to be with you is I'm going to be the Holy Spirit is going to come inside of you. And this is going to be so close. This is even closer than this. Because this isn't in me. And he said, I'm going to be in you. I don't know, one day they'll be trying to put these in us. <laughs> I don't want one, thank you. <laughs> but this is meant to be that we, we can hear him in here somehow. He said, I'm going to, the Holy Spirit is going to be in you. See, that's not the whole story there's there's more than that in John chapter 14 verses 25 to 26 so he says this and he says I'm telling you these things now while I'm still with you but when the father spends, sends the advocate as my representative that is the Holy Spirit he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything that I've told you he says I'm going to te- he's going to teach you all things and he's going to remind you of everything that Jesus says to us. Not even what he said to us. It's interesting when you look at it. The tense of it is not, he's just going to remind you of what he said. He's going to remind you of what Jesus is saying. It's, like, it's in the present tense. So it isn't just he's going to help you be really good at remembering the Bible. It says he's going to remind you of, of what I know about this situation. And that's way better than Google. Having, having God alongside us as our mentor, as our tutor. And so in, these, in this prophetic stuff, so much of it is about finding out what, what God do you believe in? What kind of God is he to you when you think about God? Is he, is he that close? Does he want to be that close? Can you climb up on his knee? Could you be that close to him? Maybe some of us, because we've had you know, different um, earthly perspectives on parenting and particularly on fatherhood, this would blow our minds. But now you have been adopted into this kind of a family where you can, you know, don't, don't transplant that bad relationship into this new relationship. Right. Don't, don't assume that, that because that was what it was like, that's what it's, this is like, because it's not, it's different. You know, some of us have been blessed with a, with a different and a good view, but even that, Jesus said, none of them are perfect. But there is one who's perfect, and now you've got him. And he, he taught really clearly on this. John chapter 10, verses 3 to 5. Years ago, I was uh, part of, I've told this story before, I think, but I was part of a mission called The Walk of a Thousand Men, and we walked across the Pennine Way. And you had to just believe God that he would provide accommodation on the way. You weren't allowed to take any money with you or anything like that. And you just walk in these little groups and just trust that God would provide. And then you turn up in a place and preach out on the streets and kind of get welcomed into people's houses. And it was a crazy old thing. It was great. And uh, one, and I've been there a couple of days. I ended up staying in a really nice farmhouse. It was like really nice. These people invited us in and we stayed in there so the next, when we walked for a bit we went to another place a couple of days later they said oh we've had an offer this is a church local church somebody's offered that you stay on a farm who would like that and I'm like I'm staying on a farm because I'm thinking I've just stayed on a farm and it was really nice well this was more of a working farm shall we say this one <laughs> that I ended up with and it was a bit more homely 
And uh, it was this lovely family, and they gave us some stew. And at the end of it, I said to them, look, I'm a city boy. I've never really done much farm. You know, is there any way you could wake, wake me up tomorrow, and I'll have a look around the farm with you? Because we're going to go and do some other stuff in the day. So I literally, I said, they said, thanks very much. I went to bed, put my head on the pillow, it seemed, and then there's a knock on the door. And this guy was there, and I thought I'd forgotten something. But he said, right, we're up, because they get up really early. And then the next thing is, we go for a walk around the farm with his little boy. And, and, and he said, oh, he, his little boy, wellies on, and, and wheelbarrow walking around. So all this poo, various kinds of animals. And that's the word, thank you, manure. And uh, <laughs> I stand corrected. <laughs> and, uh, and, um, and then he and I was like, I don't really want to be here. And this little boy's closer to it than I am. Anyway. I, I said, I'm going, to go, uh, I'm going to go somewhere. I'll go in the field. Uh, so, and he said, oh yeah, go and see the sheep. So I went, it went into the field and there's all these sheep, loads of them. And uh, I didn't know what to do. And they all kind of looked at me like, who's that? And then I, I went, morning. <laughs> and these sheep scattered. They legged it all over the fields, ran away. And I was like, oh. And then this guy turned up and he went, <laughs> and all these sheep were like and then they all came running they all came running to him <laughs> and he was like oh they know his voice and this is what Jesus says right here he says the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognise his voice and come to him he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out after he's gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger. They will run from him because they do not know his voice. I saw that happen. The Bible's true. Yeah. You know? It actually happened. I was like, oh, this is the Bible's true. And I'll tell you what happened next. There's all these sheep all running around and all bouncing about. You know, doing whatever sheep do. Bah, bah, bah. And then and they're all kind of getting some food in a trough or whatever, whatever sheep eat from. And then he's like, and it's just a load of them. And then this guy goes, oh, one missing. I'm thinking, no way. How is he going to get to be one missing? Karen grew up on a farm. I think this is reminding her of this. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm like, you can't have counted them, but he counted them. And then he goes, oh, there it is. And I looked, and way down the back of some other field is a lost sheep. And he kind of leaves all of these ones. And he goes where he can, and he goes, or whatever and this thing comes and comes back and it is the Bible's true and the sheep hear the good shepherd this is what we should expect and not to be led astray we shouldn't be fearful of other voices that might lead us astray what we've got to do is get used to hearing the voice of our father we need to hear his voice it's like you know, there was a time on phones when you didn't know who was ringing. I mean, it happens a bit now. You know, caller unknown. But most of the time, it'll come up with their name, won't it? Yeah. Some of us can remember a time when you picked up the phone and you didn't even know who it was. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you pick it up, you go, hello. And it was all a little bit of a surprise. But then, it would be like, oh, it's Zoe. And it isn't because she said, hello, it's Zoe. It's because she just started talking. Yeah. And I can hear her voice and I know who she is. I don't know her voice anywhere. This is how God wants to be with us. 
to recognise it, to, get, to, get, to be able to have that. Not just as, oh, wouldn't it be lovely? No, that should be our expectation. According to the Bible, we should expect to be able to hear from God. And if not, there's something wrong, there's something going on. Because that's what he wants, and he wants to speak to us. And there's various ways that God wants to speak to us. But you know, this is a pretty inclusive promise he couldn't be any closer he wants to to be able to speak to us and he's even said that when times get tough you can expect to hear him even more that in times of persecution he says in times of challenge he said that you're going to hear his voice so accurately you'll actually be given the words to say at at that time you're like I don't know what to say it's all right I will tell you what to say I will speak to you and I will give you this is Mark 13 verse 11 the words to say so we're going to look at how that happens how God speaks to us through sight and words and others I'm going to try and get through this very quickly God speaks to us first of all through sight there's various ways in which this can happen in the Bible it talks about visions don't know if you've ever had that I remember I was in a spring harvest meeting with Zoe once and she saw, she had a vision it happened when she was in Kingsway too Zoe's quite well, I think she's pretty majorly prophetic to be honest with you and the stuff that she sees that can be quite you know but she was in this in this meeting and she saw blood being poured on people's heads a pretty like horrible picture she didn't know what it was but she could actually I mean physically saw this happening you know and it's a good thing when the blood is poured out on people by the way it's Christians because it means it's the blood of Jesus that's coming and do it. But she saw that in the spirit. We talked last week about seeing in the spirit. And you know, if you look in the Old Testament, you're going to see Ezekiel having visions. And some of them were pretty weird. It seemed like spaceships flying around or something. He wouldn't have even known what they were. And he, he's having to describe them and put pictures on the visions. as to and People are like, I don't know what that means. And he said, well, I don't know what that means. I just saw this thing. And it had loads of eyes and all of that. And then, and then, and then he had the vision of the, the valley of dry bones. Or he goes to the temple and he sees this river flowing out of the temple and just going bigger and deeper and deeper and he's, he, again he's, he's seeing these kind of visions and uh, then there's dreams common way God speaks to us using our sight I had, a, I had a really clear dream the other night that I think I'm probably going to talk about again at the AGM I talked to the staff team about it but, but it, to me you know, when it's a dream from God it, it gets you closer to God that's how you know it's from God how do I know if it's from God does it push you closer to God if it does it's from God you know what, I woke up at 4.30 in the morning after that dream and I didn't go back to sleep. I went downstairs and I prayed right through because this dream was so clear. It, it was like a, there was an urgency about it that made me want to pray. Is that from the devil? No. no. Is it just me? No. no. It's a dream from God. Because yes. And we can have those kind of dreams. And you know how you get more of them? Put a notepad by your bed. Show God you want him to speak and he'll speak. Show him how you want him to speak and he'll speak. Because he wants the relationship. So even just putting the notepad and pen next to the bed is like saying, you have permission to wake me up. You have permission, Lord, to speak to me in the night and give me something. And when you do, I'm not just going to roll over and go, I'll try and remember that in the morning again. Because after a bit, you know, if you're in a relationship with somebody and they keep trying to talk to you and then you don't listen to them, Maybe you stop talking to them in that way again. Is that true? Is God a person? And he wants a relationship. So the fact that I'm there, eager in some way, saying, Lord, you know, tonight, 
there's something we're trying to encourage people to do is actually it was something from a conference we heard a while ago where you go to bed and before you go as you go into bed Lord you say Lord I forgive everybody tonight before I go to bed I forgive everybody everything before I go to sleep I don't want to hold anybody else's sins against them do that makes relationships more difficult in some way because <laughs> you've got to, after a bit you realise you have to mean it and there's implications to forgiveness but just to say I forgive that person not holding their sins against them and then I'm going to give my night time over to you because the psalm says he never slumbers or sleeps Psalm 121 so he watches over us all the time and then just watch you're going to start to have dreams that you're going to remember and note down and some of those dreams again I mean they happen so regularly in the Bible we're looking at Joseph it starts with a dream there's dreams all the way through it's all about dreams and the other, the other Joseph in the New Testament, how is he warned to take the baby and the flea? Do you know they had a flea with them? Yeah, he says that in the Bible. The, the, the angel comes in a dream and says, take the baby and flee. <laughs> and then there's impressions. I'm not going to do impressions. That was a terrible joke. You liked it. <laughs> impressions. I'm not going to do any impressions. <laughs> Joel's better at impressions than I am. But, I mean, this is just, again, it's just like you get an impression. It's not as clear as a vision. It's not like, so, you know, it's, it's, it's just a sense. It's just a kind of the beginnings of something. I talked to you a little about this last week, about the, the tissue paper thing. Just the, the edge of something, a little bit, you know, and then you start to go for that, and then it gets a little bit clearer. And, you know, lots of Jeremiah, you look at Jeremiah, he just gets the beginning of, a, of one picture, and, and God says, what, what is it? And he says, oh, it's an almond tree. And he says, yeah, I'm watching over my word to make sure it gets fulfilled, because the word for almond is a bit like, the word for watching yeah that's number one What's the, now what do you see now oh I see a pot it's boiling it's, it's going over towards the north ah right well that's what I'm going to do next and God's telling him but you know what it's like catchphrase who's seen catchphrase yeah say what you see that's what he's been told isn't it you're seeing something say what you see and that's what it is with catchphrase isn't it you don't you know it'd be a rubbish game if they just showed you the picture straight away at the beginning Instead, they show you a little bit and a little bit and a little bit, and then you say what you see. So it could just be a little bit of a Bible verse, or it could be, um, it could be an advertising slogan. You're praying for something, something just starts to come to mind, some little word from a song, and it might not even be a, a Christian song, because God doesn't only have to use them. You know? God probably knows the charts, even. Single words, people's names, landmarks, something comes to mind. You see the Eiffel Tower or whatever. I don't know what it is, but it can be little things like that. You go with it, you start to say what you say. God speaks to us through words. First and foremost, through his word, the Bible. Don't just be looking for a prophecy when he's given you all these promises. Some people are waiting for somebody else to speak to them when God wants to speak to them through this. And he's put it in a letter so you can know him better. 
you know, if we're regularly in here, we're going to be regularly getting stuff out of here, not just for us, but for other people. I just find, you know, they say this is the number one, when, when they've done these surveys about how people feel close to God and whether they feel close to God or not, and whether they're serving and enjoying and being part of the church and whether they're enjoying unity with other people and all that kind of stuff. Number one thing, every single time they do it, in terms of what the relationship is to how good and close you feel to God, do you re- regularly read the Bible? That's it, sorry. We should use it as a diagnostic question. People come for this and that. Have you been reading the Bible? Because um, that's what you get. Well, not as much as I should have been. And it's daily bread. No wonder you look thin. You know? It's like, are you getting the daily bread? Are you, are you, are you, are you feeding on it daily? Or are you just, so I'm not saying that to beat anybody up. It's because it's great. I love the Bible. We're doing this thing, win the day. I'm trying to do it. If you look on Instagram, if you follow me on there, you'll see every single day. When I'm reading, I'm just reading four chapters of the Bible, devotionally, first thing in the morning. And, it's, and by the end of the year, I've read the Old Testament once, New Testament twice. It doesn't take that long. But when I'm looking at it, I'm looking for a word from God. I'm actively reading. It makes it so much even more interesting to be reading it, thinking, all right, God's got a word for me. Like some of you, you've got a piece of paper. God's got a word for me here. I'm going to grab the word. I want the word. And then what I do, actually, I've got this little app on my phone. I make a little picture and I put it on Instagram and it goes on Facebook. It's just a word for me. And so often... It ties stuff together with what's going on in my life. Or I'll be talking to somebody and I'll find, I'll remember the picture that I've made and I'll be able to give them the verse and all of that. It's like, so one day at a time when we were reading the word, God gives us a word. It talks about logos and rima. There's two Greek words for this. Logos is just like the standard word, but it's not standard. It's amazing. It's the living word of God. The Greeks had two words. The other one they had was rima, which is the spirit inspired word. It's the moment. It's the one that jumps off the page. It's the now word, you know? And so when we're looking and reading, when you're reading lots of logos, you're going to get more rima. The way to more rima is more logos, very often. Just keep reading the logos and stuff starts to bounce out of you. For that situation, for that thing, you'll have the word that you need. And then there's the still small voice. Oh, audible voice. We don't get that often. It happens. Happened in the Old Testament. I haven't got time to read all of it. Samuel, the young boy in the temple dedicated to God and, and, uh, and God starts to speak to him and the word of God at the time is very rare in the time of the judges because people are just deciding that they don't really need to hear from God. And then Samuel is the last judge and he's a boy and he, and he hears something and he's like, what's that? He doesn't even know. And he has to be told, oh, that's God. You've got to listen. And then he says, and he gets told by Eli, the old priest, Here's what you say. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And he gets clearer. Because God's looking for the relationship. He's looking for somebody he wants to hear. Do you want to hear him? Tell him. Why don't you tell him now? Close your eyes. Just to focus. Samuel said, you know what he said. You know, we can tell when somebody's not really listening. And you might not hear the audible voice. Some people, you know, you think, well, if God just really spoke to me audibly, but again, would that require much faith? 
Why don't you just ask him for a word in the quiet, in the still small voice, a word for you, for a situation or for somebody else. And again, it could be any of the ways that we've already described. could be a picture, could be a word, could be one word, could be a sentence, could be a line from anything. Just ask him, what do you want to say to me now, Lord? Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. sense that for somebody who's been feeling angry and even bitter you think that what the Lord's going to wants to say forgive in that situation but actually he doesn't what he wants to say for you first is I love you What does your father want to say? What does the heavenly father want to say to you right now? Maybe he's already given you that word. I pray that he'll confirm it as we speak a little bit longer. But just write something down. Make a little note of it so it doesn't just sort of go in one ear and out the other. And if it's not quite clear, just start because sometimes I've I've been praying for somebody. The other week I was in something. I just started, I a guy in the opposite and I started to, and he had like a word. And then the next thing is I filled out pages because you get started and it's like something gets started and, and we need a now word from God in the church. Remember years ago, hearing a guy called Jack Deere, quite written some amazing books, and he came to the church that I was involved with then. And he talks about how he he's like an Old Testament professor, incredible brain, had written all kinds of stuff, and, and he got invited to come and speak to the young people in a church. And uh, he took with him a, a guy who was then just new to prophetic ministry, ended up having a big prophetic ministry. People would ask him to speak, and I heard him do ministry, and it was like, <gasps> amazing. But then he was kind of starting out on it. And uh, so he was just sitting there while Jack gave his talk, and the talk was, he said basically, just ask me anything. I know the Bible, I'm a Bible professor, so you young people can just ask me anything you want. And then... It started out in the first, somebody said, why did God make the devil? And he thought, oh my goodness. That's a really hard question. <laughs> and uh, he said, he just gave a fairly rubbish answer <laughs> to the question. And then uh, another of the young people 
asked him another really difficult question and he was and he was like oh man and then it was like what just a, it just got it was going from bad to worse and you could see the young people were not enjoying this any any more than he was <laughs> and uh, so he turned to the prophetic guy with him who'd been sitting there and just praying and here try to hear god and he says have you got anything you want to say because he's just trying to get a bit of time for himself really and, uh, and then this guy stood up and he said, yeah, you, and he spoke to like a 14-year-old girl who was in the middle of the room, and he said, you need to know that this week, every night, when you've been crying, God has been listening. And the things that are going on in your house, they're not your fault. And she just burst into tears and a group of friends gathered around her and all of that. And I remember Jack Deere saying, you know, I could have spent all night proving stuff from the Bible and discussing doctrines and all of that. But, but maybe years from now, that girl will not be in counselling for however long and have all kinds of stuff to unravel because she got a now word. And that's what I want for us guys. That's what I want for me. That's what I want for us as a church. I want the word. We need a word. People are looking for a word for now. They want to know. It's like Tim was saying this morning about postmodern people. He said a really good thing. He said, you know, postmodern people aren't so much interested in not looking for what's true. They're looking for what's real. They want something real. But I thought about that and I thought, the other thing is, though, as I thought about it, I thought, but the only reason it's real is because it's true. <laughs> you know, it's real because it's true. So, God speaks to us, and he speaks to us through all kinds of ways. He speaks to us through others. Angels. Various ways that God spoke to us through. In the Old Testament, I looked with the staff team on Saturday about Gideon, and now God spoke to him through an angel. I'm here because God spoke to me through an angel in a dream. I've got time to tell you the story, but it was so clear. An angel came in a dream and spoke to me and called me back here to come to Manchester again, and... And, uh, and sometimes we can get fearful around that because you know, there's, there's some like new agey sort of teaching about angels and it can get a bit weird. People get into all of that. And interestingly, angels always say, don't worship me. So you know it's a good one if they don't want you to worship them. You know? And, you know, they always say, do not fear. <laughs> so they're not going to bring you into fear. They're going to point to Jesus. And the gifts of the Spirit common ways that God speaks to us through other people we're empowered we're going to look through this teaching at, at what's the at what communication gifts there's and sometimes they overlap but we're going to be looking at prophecy and wisdom and words of knowledge and what's the difference between a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge we're going to we're going to look at that and uh, and and how do we but again this is just knowing stuff that you don't know but God knows and God tells you what he knows about different situations and finally wise counsellors you know and it may be a lot more glamorous to get wisdom off a stranger as some prophetic thing from God and you know that seems really cool and spooky <laughs> uh, but actually God puts people around us in relationship he puts there's wisdom in the multitude of counsellors the Bible says and actually to build up some people you know and can trust and allow them to speak into your life is wise 
as well as just running off to this person or that person for their prophetic word because then you end up spinning around sometimes. Get mentors. Don't just get a mentor. We have this thing very often, I've got got to have a mentor. No, get, get a bunch. If you see something in somebody, ask them, could you help me with that? You've got a really good... You know, you seem to be really sharp with money and I'm not all that good. <laughs> Could you give me some advice in that area? It, it, it's good. Humility to, to go and ask some people. If you see something in them, it's like they're part of the body, you're part of the body. We can go and learn. And, and often I think you'll get a better yes off somebody from that because you've, you're not asking them, you know, can I drink your bath water? Can I kind of you know, learn everything about you and kind of follow you around? And all? No, it's, it's just actually, there's something there that I see and I think I'd, you could teach me something for a little while and then, then we're done. Is that all right? Yeah, good. I've had so many mentors over the years and some of them didn't even know they were being a mentor. You know, they just happened to be somebody I kept asking questions of. <laughs> and uh, the better questions you get, the better mentors you end up with so this is what it is final thing I think we've got the last one it's all about listening listening skills um, it's something I really want to grow in personally to be a better listener with people it's probably way down on my list of stuff that I'm good at on a human level I want to get better I want to beat myself up about it because we can get better but I love this prayer I actually love the DC talk version from a Jesus Freak album from many years ago. A bit more rocky. Uh, but this is a prayer of St. Richard of Chichester, 1253 AD. And uh, it's a good prayer to pray day by day. Um, so let me stand and pray it. And the band are going to come up. Let's stand if you're able. Because... We can all improve our hearing by being better listeners. Not being passive, but being active. By being expectant. So let's just pray the prayer together. Thanks be to thee my Lord Jesus Christ for all the benefits thou hast given me for all the pains and insults thou hast borne for me O most merciful redeemer friend and brother may I know thee more clearly love thee more dearly and follow thee more nearly day by day Amen let's do that bit in red again May I know thee more clearly, love thee more dearly, follow thee more nearly, day by day. One more time. May I know thee more clearly, love thee more dearly, and follow thee more nearly, day by day. As, we, as the Lord hears that, and as it becomes the desires of our hearts, we get to hear him more. He loves that. You know, it's like if you ever find somebody and you know they really want to listen, then you want to talk.
to be long, this, but I loved it before when we sang, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. I ended up just personally like kneeling down and I was lying down and just saying, God, I just want all that you've got for me. I want to I hear you. I'm not bothered what other people think so much. I'm fed up of... Sometimes hearing other people's voices. I want to hear yours. I want to hear you. And um, I just want to give you space. Feel free, move out of the chairs, move out of the things, move around a bit and just talk to him. We're going to sing it one more time. And if you find yourself kneeling or. One more time, we're going to sing it and have an expectation that he wants to speak. And get ready to write something down before you leave.